This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. From the ArmeniaProud.com studios. Genatsat Hayed. This is a toast to Armenia with Jono Kabinjian. A comprehensive look at the Armenian culture only on lineupmedia.fm. Genatsat, Genatsat, Pailuisin Spesek, my friends. How are you, Brian? I am doing very well. Brian and Armenian news. Well, it's not really news. It's sad, sad news to me, and yes. that's uh, Charles Aznavour uh, at the age of ninety-four passing away. Man, and I watched, uh, I watched the funeral services, and it was a like a royal funeral in France, man, and uh, and with the Armenian duduk going off, and uh, the it was beautiful music, and they're bringing a coffin with like. Uh, five soldiers, French soldiers on each side with the entire, I'm not going to say the entire, but every type of uh, uh, army type of branch, you might say, is uh, in full salute as they bring him out uh, in the coffin. And, yeah. And and behind that was the Armenian Yera Queen, the Armenian flag with the Red, blue, and uh, orange, and uh, with the flowers, and it, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, and to be, to you know, he's he was Armenian, yeah. And and th- that send off, and he always said though, he always said, "I'm 100 percent French, and I'm 100 percent Armenian." Yeah, but I mean, even like, I mean, in the music industry, this man was an absolute legend. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, look at the list of people uh, that he's worked with or that he worked with before. Fred Astaire, Frank Sinatra, uh, Andrea Bocelli, Bing Crosby, Ray Charles, Bob Dylan, Dusty Springfield, Liza Minnelli, Elton John, Josh Groban, Petula Clark, Tom Jones. Like, the list just goes on and on and on. I mean, this man accomplished so much in his life and in in this world – uh, he has left a legacy of music behind that that will be listened to for generations and generations to come. Well said. Well said, Brian. I definitely think uh, he was iconic in the sense that they even uh, – uh, what was it in the Hollywood Stars? Yeah, he, he got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, uh, I believe, the la- last year. That's unbelievable. He, uh, there is, uh, there is a, a museum uh, dedicated to him in Yerevan. And uh, yeah, it's like you said. He yes, he was one hundred percent French, but he was one hundred percent Armenian as well. Well, in any case, so rest in peace, Charles Aznavour, uh, at the age of ninety four, passed away. Uh, on brighter news, brighter note, passengers uh, flying into Armenia that has increased to close to ten percent. There, that's not that's a big number. Actually, that's a big number. That's yeah. a big number. Ten, actually, it's nine point three percent up from last year, and this is what Armenia really feeds off of. You know, tourism. So, yeah. uh, you know, I I, I don't think nine point three percent came in just to make business, which I would welcome that as well. Yeah, of course. But uh, yeah, nine point three percent, close to ten percent. So, uh, 
now we're starting to see something. I hope our new prime minister, Nicole Pashinyan, he gets uh, everything going. And you know what? He's earned the respect of the masses in Armenia, and uh, I hope everything works out. I know there's a little uh, stuff going on right now, but just like uh, Armenia is always uh, galvanized together, it will galvanize again, and we will all be brothers and sisters. And uh, I really think that this guy's got a good heart and uh, will make things happen. You know what? Uh all the political parties, let's let's all just give this guy a chance and stop trying to do something to throw a wrench into the uh, system. So you know, we just gotta make something happen one time, and let's stop with all the corruption in Armenia. We we got an opportunity now with this new prime minister to make things right. So you know what? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Whatever the guy needs, let's make it happen, and let's get Armenia on, already ten percent on the. Uh, airport thing. Yeah. So ma- imagine if this guy. G- yeah. Imagine if he gets things going too, where 20, 30, 40 percent people start coming in. That'd, that'd be great. Exactly. That's what we're looking for. And in uh, sports, uh, middleweight world champion, Gegard Musasi. How about this guy, man? I mean, this middleweight world champion, and he took on uh, Rory McDonald. And, uh, Rory McDonald turns out and says, you know, I just wasn't ready. Well, you should have been ready for Gegard. I tell you what, Gegard's like uh what? Top top 2, top 3 in the in the world. It, both in UFC, Bellator, whatever it is. If it comes to grappling, I would want to be ready against Gegard and Gegard uh, just kicked his ass and uh God bless he's Armenian and uh now we got a middleweight world champion out there. So I'm kind of excited about that. Everything's going right. Uh, we got a <laughs> got an airport that's moving the right way. Again, Charles Eisenhower, that's sad. But you know what? He left such a good legacy again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Moving on. I, you know what? I think we've got that tape of uh, Anush. Yes. Anush uh- Garibian O'Connor, our uh, wine edition there. And she's done so much more, too, man. She is a hard worker. And uh, you know what, folks? I've been a little behind, and uh, Anush has taken over, and she's been doing a hell of a good job. So I appreciate that very much. And she's got an interview here with Amy Kushkarian. And uh, Amy's, uh, the whole family's into the wine business, so we'll find out more about it. Hello, and welcome to another episode on Armenia Proud Toast to Armenia. This is the wine segment, the segment with Anush where I get to talk all about wine. I get to also interview fun and interesting people who are in the wine industry. And today I have a very special guest, Amy Kushkirian. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's so nice to have you here. And um, your last name is a very significant part of the current Armenian wine industry. You can say that. <laughs> Some people say it. <laughs> well, it is, um, it is absolutely the case. And today... Um, I would love um, for you to share your story of your family, how you um, settled back in Armenia and how all this fun and interesting adventure started. Great. Uh, like most, most winemaking families, it started with my father. We are mm-hmm. a family business, Vahe Kushkerian. He grew up in Lebanon. He is Armenian. Uh, he started in the wine industry. He's been in the wine industry for almost 30 years. Wow. He started in Italy, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Italy, in Tuscany, in Puglia. We had two wineries in, in Italy. Uh, he started in California originally in the early, I'd say late 70s, early 80s. In Central it's California? San Francisco. San North, Francisco. North, uh-huh. He was importing European wines, Italian wines at the time. He opened a restaurant. And he always had this dream of opening a, running a winery in Italy. Uh, so in early 90s, he packed up with his with my mother and me and my twin brother. We were one year old at the time. Mm-hmm. And we moved to Tuscany. Uh, he made wine in Italy for around 12, 13 years. Um, right when Tuscany was becoming very popular, Puglia started in, in southern Italy. And uh, fast forward a little bit, after Italy Italy was done, he moved to Armenia. Uh, he, vis- he had visited Armenia in the early 90s. And in the early 90s, right after the dissolution of the Soviet Union, there wasn't much happening in the wine industry. There were grapes. Mm-hmm. There were vineyards planted that survived under the Soviet Union if they weren't cultivated for brandy. Uh, but there wasn't. It was all homemade wine if people were still making wine. Uh, and the, during that time, he planted vineyards in the early so 90s. So why did he um, wanted to... I mean, being in Italy, it's beautiful. It's you know, great. Did he always think of eventually going to Armenia and uh, just settling there or open or, or founding a winery, you know, being part of the wine in Armenia because he's Armenian or that was part of it too? It was actually, it was a professor of onology of his in Italy mm-hmm. that told him about Armenia and the history of ancient winemaking and indigenous grape varieties and how Vitis Finifera originated in the Caucasus region. Mm-hmm. And so when he went in the early 90s, that was a romantic decision to go to Armenia. It was an independent country. Uh, and then he, he explored the viticulture there and realized that it's good soil, climate, and there's potential. Mm-hmm. So he fell in love with it, very romantic. Mm-hmm. He planted the vineyards, and it didn't quite catch in the early 90s yeah uh it wasn't happening there wasn't enough the economy wasn't wasn't big enough to 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 keep up with the wine industry it just weren't enough people interested uh to build an industry let's say and then you fast forward 2010 2009 he moved to armenia and there weren't much still wasn't much going on mm-hmm. um but he wanted to start. So at the time, yeah. he was started to. Imp- there were a couple projects that were starting. There was a uh, Zora and Garas was mm-hmm. the were the first two that started in mm-hmm. terms of large investment. And so he started with uh, working with Garas. Um, and then fast forward 2011, uh, he was importing equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a couple other people who were interested in making wine. Um, and that's when he opened up Semina. Semina wine Semina, uh-huh. and now it's called Wineworks. Yeah. And we recently switched to Wineworks uh, because it was a little bit, it was m- encompassing more of what we do today. I see. So, um, Semina, why did he uh, decide to open the Semina Consulting? For those who don't know, and uh, it's a very interesting concept, uh, and I think one and only in Armenia at the moment. Uh, there's few of the similar uh, organizations in the um, United States and across the world, but the one, the first one in Armenia. Samina so, originally was a consulting company, mm-hmm. and now we define it as a custom crush facility. Consulting whom? It was a winery solutions consulting company. Mm-hmm. If someone wanted to build 
a winery. Mm-hmm. Vahe had the equipment, yep. had uh, any materials that you needed. He could go find vineyards with you. This land works great. You should plant these grapes. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it worked as a consulting firm. Uh, and then he got some interest by with clients that wanted to make their own wine, but didn't necessarily wanted to build their own winery, import mm-hmm. equipment, find a winemaker. Mm-hmm. There weren't, there aren't, and still today aren't many winemakers uh, that are that are Armenian and grew up in Armenia. Uh, so it, it started as as that consulting firm, and then it grew because there was there's continuously and now there's still more clients that want to make wine but don't want to invest in building their own winery. So mm-hmm. how it works today, and why it's called Wine Works, is we have clients that they're responsible for finding their own grapes. They either purchase grapes or they buy vineyards or they plant vineyards. Mm-hmm. They bring us the grapes in the facility and we do everything A to Z. We ferment, we press, we age. Mm-hmm. They want stainless steel tank. They want Caucasian oak. If they want to import their own French oak, they mm-hmm. can import French oak. Uh, and then we bottle and we label. And it's their brand. It's their brand. So um, do you have the uh, capability of also sourcing grapes for them if they are unable to find the grapes because grapes are, you know, one of the most important parts of the wine. If they bring any grapes and then um, the wine that you make is not up to their standard, then then what happens? <laughs> we have Well, we have the capabilities, uh, but that's one thing that the clients have to do. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, we can't do everything for, for our clients yeah, in that absolutely. sense. You know, so they're responsible for their grapes. And what we say is, you know, we make the best wine that we can from the grapes that they give us. Absolutely. If okay. at harvest they bring us grapes that we can't make good quality wine, then we turn those grapes away. So we okay. do, do a sense of quality control. Okay. Uh, because, unfortunately, we don't have, the government doesn't have any any quality requirements like in France when you mm-hmm. uh, you can only harvest starting from a specific date because it ensures that the sugar content is correct. Mm-hmm. We don't have any of these regulations that ensure quality yet. Yeah. So we do that right at the door of the winery. I see. I see. Uh, for example, uh, my experience in Napa Valley was when the grapes arrived, they looked like they were they came from the grocery store. There was zero. Uh, bad grapes, zero leaves, because if that was the case, then they would have to charge the grower for, you know, bringing bad grapes. So, and I have seen in Armenia, which was during my school years, which was a million years ago, uh, the grapes would arrive to the uh, factory and it was a uh, borsh. <laughs> so to say they were ripe, unripe. Uh, stems, uh, vines, Mud, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that's, that's, that is like, if someone is going to invest into a custom crush to come and work with you guys, I assume that they have to bring also certain grapes that uh, correspond to certain standards. They do. It's a, it's a struggle right now in Armenia mm-hmm. finding quality grapes. Yeah. Uh, a big reason for this is that a lot of clients work with small growers mm-hmm. and farmers. And when the incentive to sell grapes is just a cash incentive mm-hmm. and there is no quality control, they put everything, any kind of grape sort into the into the bins and you play, pay that by the kilo. Yeah. They put white, red, they mix, you know, different varieties and say, this is Adeni. Mm-hmm. And some of them are bad grapes. Some of yeah. them, there's apples in the bins. They don't yeah. sort, but you pay by the kilo. Uh-huh. And at the moment, there isn't, there's so much demand for the grapes. I see. There isn't natural quality control that... They they can raise the price for this much. It's right now. It's it's a big problem. We don't have enough grapes to keep up with our demand. I see. 
Yeah. Wow. That's, I, I guess that's a good and bad problem to have. It's like what, how you look at it. Um, I mean, that's, I guess that's what happens because now the wine industry seems so attractive. The other question that I had, um, how many, um, diaspora, so to say people who don't live in Armenia contact you guys saying that we want to have our brand. We want to have our wine. Can you do it for us? We want to have an Armenian wine and sell it or just collect it. I don't know. Uh, good question. So this fall we're, we have 14 brands that we're producing mm-hmm. for. Um, we started with two brands in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've grown quite a bit in terms of client. And it started all with diasporans. Okay. I think they were the more romantic type. They wanted yeah. to get into the wine early. They saw it because they knew what Napa was. They knew what Italy was. Mm-hmm. And now it was the, it's the last two years that we have we have more Armenians from Armenia that are interested because they've seen it very visibly, the mm-hmm. wine industry grow in Armenia. Mm-hmm. And so now they want to get involved. Okay. That's that, 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 that's exciting. So we, we kind of, um, transition to our next question. So how many, um, and, and I didn't introduce your, um, uh, official title. You are the founder of Zulal Wines and marketing manager of Kush Sparkling Wines, um, which I would love to hear more about, which would be part of the next question. How many, um, uh, brands do you, um, does the wine works slash similar consulting have how many projects this fall? We're doing, uh, we're doing 14 brands. Um, the smallest client and we have a scale of clients. Some are very small and some mm-hmm. are some, we have some larger clients. The smallest one does five tons, which is around 5,000 bottles. Mm-hmm. And the largest one does two this fall is doing 200, Ton, so two hundred thousand bottles. So mm-hmm. we have fourteen brands that that uh, that all together will come to around eight hundred and fifty tons. So around nine hundred thousand bottles that we're doing, wow. and this is the largest so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what are the names? Do you mind um, uh, sharing? I I was doing before before you start uh, listing the names. I have done an event uh, for an Armenian club where uh, we did straight only Armenian wines. And it was interesting how there were few of them which were, um, you know, part of the Seminane Wine Works. You know, you would talk about it and you'd say, okay, well, this is this is this is a great wine and uh, list the varietals, etc. And it's also part of uh, the uh, your. Um, your portfolio, yeah, so to say. Yeah. Uh, so, and they all focus slightly on different varieties. One mm-hmm. thing that we do is we try to only work with indigenous varieties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that we try to, it's that we prefer to because we have a lot of experimentation that needs to be done with our native varieties. Uh, and most of our clients are committed and, and, and think the same way. Of course, uh, we need to start experimenting with European varieties in our soil as well. Sure. Uh, those, I mean, you know, Pinot Noir and Syrah, other grapes that can grow in our soil. Mm-hmm. And also experiment how they can blend with our grapes. Mm-hmm. Some of our largest clients, we have uh, we have Kur, mm-hmm. and you can find Kur in LA and in the US. They're exporting. Uh, they have a, a Arani and Khondoni blend mm-hmm. and a white wine made from the Voskehats grape variety. They've been with us for 2000, I think, 14 was the first year. Wow. So they've been with us for, for quite a while and they've grown, grown steadily. They started with 30,000 bottles and this year they're doing 200,000 bottles. Um, we have a Swiss client, 
is the second largest not Armenian came in and bought vineyards he does around 200,000 bottles of well we have some smaller brands that are boutique more boutique style uh, quantities the Akubian Hobbs we produce mm-hmm. uh, Kush of course is is my father's and my brand and it's named after our last name Kush Kerian um so um the, before i forget uh, that is uh, kush the only uh sparkling wine that's done in the traditional method in armenia at the moment or are there or are there more there's one other uh armenia champagne and that okay. was they produce champagne under the they call it champagne uh, under the Soviet Union. Yeah, but they don't Champansky, do champansky. Savetska yeah. <laughs> <laughs> champansky. Yeah, but Kush was the first uh, traditional method champagne using Armenian indigenous grapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kush, we have three lines at the moment. Uh, 2013 was the first year, and that's our first vintage that we mm-hmm. released a year ago. So exciting! And yeah, it's it's uh, it's a blanc de blanc. Mm-hmm. With Voskehat and Khatuni grape varieties. Our non-vintage origins is the same two grapes, but a different combination of blend. Mm-hmm. And our rosé is, rose uh, is, is a pure arini, which actually I think we're going to pop right now. Oh, yay. While we continue. I have, um, I, I, I mentioned this to you. I was super excited about the uh, Blanc de Blanc, um, the first one that you produced. And... Um, I couldn't wait long enough for it to arrive to the United States. So once it arrived, it hadn't been... I, I, I don't think it has reached the stores yet. I contacted your guy's um, importer, Kimberly. Kimberly Jones. Kimberly yeah. Jones. And great. I got them to... Yay! <laughs> oh, that wasn't too loud for the, <laughs> for the mic. No, it's good. Celebration. So I contacted her and I said, um, I am doing a podcast and I need the wine. So I had it arranged and uh, we drank it. It was uh, beautiful. Very oh, you exciting. Did taste it. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's new on the market. We just released it in, in Armenia. Uh, it, it wasn't the rosé. It was the white. The white. The yeah. White. The rosé. Is, this is the first time I'm going to try it and I can't wait. So so this is a, this is a pure arini. Okay. Uh, and we harvest these grapes up in Khachik village. Khachik village is located in Vayatsor. Mm-hmm. And these vineyards are 1,750 meters above sea level. So that puts them uh, in the ha- highest vineyards in mm-hmm. Armenia and technically the highest vineyards in the northern hemisphere. So uh, for those who... Um don't know how can a high elevation impact uh, a wine what would you how would you describe it so when we look at our terroir and specifically high elevation Mm -hmm. right before we harvest you get varying degrees of temperatures that that go very hot during the day and it cools down during the night and that influx of temperature helps develop the grapes character that's one of the biggest biggest influences the second one is the the fennels is you have very very direct sunlight which Mm -hmm. also helps develop the phenolic structure of the grape varieties Mm -hmm. so um arini typically doesn't grow in hachik village does it it? does it does it does it 
Is it old vines? Is it new? They're very old. They're around 70, some are 100 years old. Wow, that's amazing. And they weren't used uh, for winemaking under the Soviet Union. They were used for table grapes. They ate them. Mm. And I mean, they must have been bitter and I don't know yeah. how they did or they used them for grape juice. Uh, some of them might have Raisins. been making wines, but, uh -huh. but these grapes are, uh, are perfect for sparkling because they don't ripen as much as as the uh as you, for still wines yeah absolutely that that, that, that was I, i was gonna ask that it's uh seems like uh you know you shouldn't target for a high ripe uh grapes for ma making a sparkling wine well this is absolutely yummy this is i don't think i've had any in this shape yet <laughs> this is beautiful yeah, thank uh you. very thank exciting you. uh i mean wonderful um beginning of the day to have or beginning of a party or a day you know <laughs> you can drink day, this in the morning it's quarter to 11 here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it cheers it's always time for great armenian sparkling so um uh kataro is another uh project that uh, is part of your portfolio yeah kataro is uh, and and with a lot of our clients we do uh, depends on what what they want how they want to work with us i mean we make their wine but we sell some of the wines as well so uh katero is in our in our sales portfolio mm -hmm. uh so we 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 uh export and handle the u.s sales for katero so tell tell us please uh where is katero from and uh why is it called katero Kataro is named after a monastery in Artsakh. Mm -hmm. So this is a wine from Artsakh. This is a There's, wine from Artsakh. Are there um, uh, more wineries in Artsakh or this is the only one or this is the first one? There are a couple now. Uh -huh. Kataro was the first one that made quality wine. Mm -hmm. okay. And, uh, and uh, Kataro uh, is made by Grigory uh, Avedisian and uh, he makes the red wine in Artsakh. Mm -hmm. He ages in Caucasian oak barrels. Caucasian oak is harvested and made by a cooper in Artsakh. Mm -hmm. um, we make the white and the rosé for him in our Yerevan winery at Wineworks. Mm -hmm. But he's responsible. He makes the red himself. So um, so the grapes for the white and rosé, are they from um, uh, Artsakh or uh, from uh, the other parts of Armenia? I don't want to say from Armenia versus Artsakh because it's all part of Armenia. <laughs> it's a little confusing. It's the, the white and rosé grapes are from Armenia, Armenia. Mm -hmm. uh, the red is from Artsakh. It's Artsakh. the Khundoni grape or Sireni is the synonym. Which is an Sireni. indigenous. It's an indigenous variety and it does very well in Artsakh. Mm -hmm. I, we haven't found... You can try to plant it in Armenia, but it, it's, it's, it just it survived in Artsakh for a very long time and it does very well in the clay soil and very hot mm -hmm. hot soft sun i see um so um kind of like merlot does that well too in the clay and a little a little warmer um so kataro is a wine that is absolutely loved by armenians who are who live in united states i mean i know in united states because i live here so i can speak about this market I know that especially the Toch, they, they make two reds, right? The, there's two. Um, one is uh, some sort of a reserve and the other one more um, accessible. It's, um, it sells out as soon as it reaches the market. People love it. It's very uh, unique, but it's also very um, palatable and somewhat closer to, uh, let's say, in the structure and the taste and mouthfeel with the European varietals. 
so maybe that uh, kind of makes it uh, uh, very attractive. It can. I think uh, a lot of people like it here, specifically in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big, spicy, it has tannic structure, mm-hmm. it has astringency, it's in your face big, you know, it's mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Adani grape variety is the contrary, which mm-hmm. is the second most popular red variety that we're working with at the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 more thin skin, it's more of a delicate fruit forward, velvety, light, mm-hmm. red wine. Um right now we're working with forty indigenous grape varieties. Wow. And uh I mean under the Soviet Union they had nurseries with hundred and fifty. And unfortunately those nurseries were abandoned, destroyed or burnt down right during the dissolution. So we have now Wineworks. This is one of the projects that Wineworks does is we have two nurseries. Mm-hmm. And we've gone to uh, every border vineyard to find these 40 varieties that we are now propagating and uh, and planting for um, for for the industry to use to plant indigenous mm-hmm. grape varieties. Mm-hmm. That, that's amazing and that's so important uh, because uh, I know, for example, in Italy, they have the most indigenous varietals, I think, in the world, you know, combined like in the whole Italy. But uh, they are working on uh, preserving it and making wine from each varietal. That's why it's almost impossible to learn wines of Italy. I think like it's mind-boggling, but still so... I'm very happy to know that uh, your dad and you are working on preservation and cultivation of the Armenian indigenous varietals because it is important and it's very exciting too for uh, people who are pretty much familiar with the typical varietals to come out and experiment with something that's uh, unheard of or something hard to pronounce and uh, that's what people look for. There was, um, I was at an event uh, in a Greek wine tasting, and one of the guys uh, was there, and he said, um, pour me something in the glass which I cannot pronounce, because some of the varietals, they could already, like their American market could already pronounce, but he was like, I want to try something that I can't pronounce. So I hope that, you know, it would be the same for the Armenian varietals. You know, you guys will be here tasting, and then... Um, industry professionals would be wanting to try more and more and more different ones. So that's wonderful. Um, what other, uh, well, tell us, uh, um, I mean, you have 14, 14 projects for Seminen, uh, for the wine works. Um, what is your personal project? Tell us about that. That should be super excited. Exciting. Uh, Zulal is uh, my personal brand. And what does that mean? And Zulal means pure in pure. Armenian. Pure. Okay. A lot of people use it for pure water and mm-hmm. clarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zulal, I founded in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 2017 was my first harvest. And Zulal, I founded it because we have almost to solve a problem in the industry. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of wines that are labeled Arini. Mm-hmm. but it's a mix of a couple of different grape varieties or they're labeled Adani, but it comes from vineyards all over Armenia. So mm-hmm. Zula's mission is to, to have uh, single varietal wines that, that, that express the purest characteristics of these indigenous grapes. Mm-hmm. So, so people know this is Adani, this is Kondoni, mm-hmm. this is what Voskehat is, this is what Tozot is, this is what Kohbeni is. 
Nazeli, wow. Chilar, mm-hmm. Grandemac, all these grape varieties that no one knows because no one has, has, has been doing these micro vinifications to do single varietal mm-hmm. bottlings. So this fall I'm launching in November. Congratulations. Thank That's you. very exciting. Thank you. I'm very excited. Uh, and uh, I'm launching with, I will always have a classic line. Mm-hmm. So I will always have an Arani and Voskehat every year that I have a new vintage coming out. Um, and then every year I will have small vin- micro vinifications of indigenous grapes that we haven't, we haven't experimented with yet. So, mm-hmm. and small bottling. So we're talking about a thousand bottles each because we don't have these grapes that are, that are planted. You can't find them. We have to go to, you know, in the border of Tavush region and find Chilar somewhere or mm-hmm. go to, you know, in Kohbeni. Uh, so this year I have a, I have a Tozot, mm-hmm. which comes from the Vayatsor region. And what would be that in somewhat if, uh, because for the major varietals, we kind of try to find the similarities. So Tozot would be, and what is it called Tozot? Because it has Tozot, toes on it. It has, it, it, it has a fuzz on the Yes, skin? exactly. It I has see. on the vin, on the vine, it looks a little dusty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's called Tozot and it's absolutely gorgeous. This one is actually, I think my, my favorite that I've, I've tried in Armenia so far in terms of grape varieties. Mm-hmm. And I think it has huge potential. I want to plant, uh, I want to start planting with it because it's just, it's, it's excellent. Um, I haven't thought quite it's it's in barrel right now mm-hmm. um so i haven't thought to compare it quite enough but i can talk a little bit about other um other grape varieties that mm-hmm. we compare Arani, of course a lot of people say it's like a pinot noir um mm-hmm. is like a chardonnay it's mm-hmm. golden it's uh it loves oak mm-hmm. is showing great potential with oak um we have a chilar mm-hmm. that is almost like a gewurztraminer, mm. and it's very bright and acidity, and it has all these floral components to it. It's very cool, and it'll age very well. It almost has that honeyness to it that you mm-hmm. get as well, and um, it's it's a very cool grape. Um, I have a Corbeni, is a red grape, probably similar to a Gamay. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all very different and you can compare here and there, but they're different grape varieties. Yeah. They yeah, have their yeah. own characters. They'll never yeah. be the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, uh, I'm so excited that, uh, you know, at a young age, <laughs> you are, uh, so passionate about wine and I know you told us how your dad got into there and, um, into the wine industry and, you know, of course, growing up in the family, you saw it. But sometimes uh, the children don't really get interested in what their parents are doing and they go in a total different direction. How did you get it? How did you find it so exciting? And I can sense the excitement from you that the love to the wine and to doing this uh, what you are doing how how did that wake up awaken in you i uh i never thought i would be in the wine industry actually i, I never you know grew up and said oh i'm gonna do what dad does yeah. you know never yeah. uh in college i studied economic development mm-hmm. i was very passionate about social impact mm-hmm. uh and as i was graduating i was looking at different jobs in the u.s government to do social impact projects in developing countries and i get an email from my dad that says, I need someone to come manage Kush. You want to come? <laughs> <laughs> That's your impact. That was, <laughs> <laughs> and I was living in the U S uh-huh. and I didn't even think about it. I was like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I will. I'm, I've been coming and going to Armenia for eight years. I wasn't planning on moving there. I wasn't mm-hmm. planning on doing wine, but he gave me the offer and I, 
sure. Yeah. You know, and, and I grew up around wine and, and that helps. I didn't realize how much I knew about wine until I started working in wine just from growing up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I'd work with him all the time, all day long. Everyone asks me if we live together. It's a very Armenian thing. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I'm with him all day long. I need my space. <laughs> Um, but it's great. He's a great person to work for. He's my mentor in a lot of ways and he's been in the industry for 30 years. So, so I learn a lot from him every day. That's fantastic. I mean, it's, uh, great to have ideas and passion, and it's even better when you have uh, such a strong mentor who is, uh, you know, who, who you can rely on and, um, you know, who can give you all the knowledge and expertise you need. Um, so when are we going to try the Zulal wines? So Zulal will be ready in November. Uh, I'm starting to launch domestically. This fall, I'm increasing production quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm aiming to do around 80,000 bottles, mm-hmm. which will give me enough for export. So will consider you... 2000, this harvest in mm-hmm. the next year and a half will be, will be in the U.S. Okay. So we won't be able to taste it at the Guinea Fest coming up in 2019. You, I will bring a couple of bottles yes. for the Guinea Fest. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get out. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so wine education, um, how, um, how important it is for, um, because you are in Armenia, I would say for the, um, people in Armenia, uh, since for Armenians, it was more about celebrations were around, um, stronger alcohols, uh, rather than wine. And what do you think about wine education? How does, how has it changed people's perception and uh, the trends? There were, so... There are a few watershed moments, Mm -hmm. I would call them, that drastically changed the Armenian wine drinking culture in Armenia. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one was Garas. Garas Garas released their wines and Garas was flowing everywhere. I mean, people were drinking it like water. It It was quality wine, the first quality wine that was affordable for everyone to drink. And your dad, I'm sorry, your dad... Is that a project of um, Semina Wineworks uh, Group, or your dad helped got us? Uh, how 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 are you guys uh, related? They worked together, so it was okay. a, it was a Tierras de Armenia project, mm-hmm. uh, and he he made the first six wine barrels for them. And your dad, and yep, he yeah. he started the project with I them. I see. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we went separate ways. I think two years ago, something okay. like that. He was always involved a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but now we're we're not we're not we don't work together anymore. Yeah. Of course, we we're in the wine industry together, so mm-hmm. we'll do events together. Mm-hmm. And but uh, but Caras was the first mass-produced quality wine. Exactly. Okay. And as soon as it entered the market, everyone said, wow, look, mm-hmm. wine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At the same time, Invino opened. And mm-hmm. Invino was the first wine bar in Yerevan. And I remember everyone was so worried. No one's going to go. No one's going to drink wine. This yeah. is going to be a catastrophe. There's only Garas. 
And now it's one of the most popular wine bars. It's packed every night. Yeah. Fast forward five years later. Um, Wine Republic was similar in doing that. Wine Republic uh, created a wine environment where food was accompanied with it. Mm -hmm. And Wine Republic was very big. And now we have wine bars, restaurants. We have around 10 wine-oriented restaurants and wine bars in in Yerevan. That's amazing. And some close open, you know, um, but, but uh, but it's definitely changed. People talk about wine. They're excited about wine. They drink wine. Wine is in all the supermarkets. Mm-hmm. Um, another watershed moment for the industry for a more technical advancement was the EVN Wine Academy. Okay. And the EVN Wine Academy was co-founded by Vahe and Wineworks with the ICARE Agricultural University of Armenia. Mm-hmm. And it's accredited by the Geisenheim University from Germany. So what is it for the listeners uh, who don't know what EVN Academy stands for? It is. It was founded in 2015 and it's the Yerevan Wine Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has two different programs. One is an 18th month intensive professional uh, onology and business, wine business program. Mm-hmm. And you get a certificate from the Geisenheim University with accreditation. So once you graduate, what are you, a winemaker, a wine... You're a winemaker. You can uh-huh. be a wine marketer. They have a couple different paths you can choose. Okay. A lot of them are more technical mm-hmm. winemakers, which is great because we don't yeah. have winemakers in Armenia. We have brandy makers. Mm-hmm. Um, the, under the Soviet Union, we didn't have education for winemaking. Yeah. So this was really the first step for us mm-hmm. to have winemakers in Armenia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they offer for wine enthusiasts. Yeah. Uh, they have short courses that are two classes long or four courses long, introduction to Italian wines or introduction to Armenian wines, mm-hmm. you know, comparison of, of Pinot Noirs and Arenis, things like that for the everyday wine drinker. And how, how affordable those classes are for everyday drinker and how popular are they? Like, do they, like, once they're published, are they do they sell out real quick or it's one or two person? I'm sure like with each year, there'll be more people wanting to come and sign up and learn. They're, they're very, they're pretty popular. Mm-hmm. They're advertised very well. And, and a lot of people know about it. Yeah. Um, it's popular among some, some professional companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice work gift for their employees as a team bonding. Team, I was going to say like team building events that should be really fun. Um, well, that is amazing. And also I know that like, for example, in the EVN, um, no, not the EVN, sorry, the, the wine bar in, now, vino. All the na- in vino, all the names are getting mixed up in vino also offers, um, like a wine evenings where you can come and with a glass of wine, you can, um, learn about the wine. You can also meet the winemakers, which I think is also a good way to um, for the wine education and also to bring uh, the wine closer to the person. You know, you're like, if I see the winemaker, I'm more inclined to buy his wine after talking to him and hearing his story rather than just going to the store and buying random wine. So it's it, it's amazing. I mean, they. Um, so that leads to another um, sub uh, question. So what are the trends? Like the trend is to go to a wine bar, of course, to drink wine rather than other, right? Alcoholic beverage. But what what is also like, what as a young uh, professional, what Sorry, do you... Gosh. I can't do... <laughs> and here we Your go. The... <laughs> That's why this um, podcast is um, not cut, not edited. Sorry. I couldn't find that speaker. See? <laughs> Siri wants to talk about Siri, wine. Absolutely. 
So um, going back to the um, trends, uh, there's a couple I can speak about. One is wine is very appealing for young young people in Armenia. Mm-hmm. Are we talking globally or Armenia specific right Armenia now? Specific. Armenia specific. Armenia specific. One is that it's very it's been taken on by a lot of young Armenians. It's hip, it's fun. Sarian is a street now that mm-hmm. is packed with restaurants every night and it's all wine focused. Wow. Um, the second one is there's a lot of women, females. Mm. There's a lot of females who, who have taken on the wine culture and I see that a lot more than, than the males in the country. The wine bars are a lot female oriented, not oriented, but uh, uh, filled mm-hmm. with you know four girls go out and sit at night and they drink wine and mm-hmm. it's more it's more oriented in that sense um sparkling wine is still very unpopular no mm-hmm. one drinks it they drink it for celebration but mm-hmm. they're not drinking it every day um the trend right now um, is to be more familiar with with the wine producers, the mm-hmm. story of it. People are more curious about yeah. which region, why Vyotsor, mm-hmm. why Tavush, you know, um, in that sense. And people mm-hmm. are becoming more curious. That's awesome. That's good because that, that, that's what uh, the, that's the part of the wine education we talk to. The more, uh, I say this sometimes, you know, the more you drink, the more you want to know. In a sense of you want to know where the wine came from, you know, why and what, all, exactly all, all those questions. That's, um, that's amazing that people are now curious uh, to learn all that. Um, it's, just, uh, um, it, it's just amazing, like, how 10 years ago the wine was considered this uh, uh, somewhat, like, secondary drink um, and now it's becoming like the forefront. Everybody wants to uh, have a nice wine and to share their tasting notes and etc. Um, so I I know this is the month of September, and at the end of the uh, month or beginning of October, there are going to be quite a few festivals, uh, wine festivals. How did they start, and how are they helping for um, the wine? for the Armenian wine to get recognized within Armenia and uh, all over the world? There are two festivals that are very popular in the fall in Armenia. Uh, the first one happens always in mid-September, and that's the Artsakh Wine Festival in Artsakh. Mm-hmm. Which already happened. Which already happened, and it was awesome. Uh, and I that one is probably a lot of people's favorites because mm-hmm. it's in Artsakh, and it is surreal, mm-hmm. and it is emotional, and... Every winery participates. Every top Who quality organizes winery. It? Is Ka- it the Kataro. government? Kataro. Oh, Kataro. Kataro. Okay. Grish organizes it. Awesome. And it keeps growing every year and it keeps getting better, more organized. Mm-hmm. Prime Minister shows up. It's it's becoming a sense of pride for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, it's so much fun. I, I bet. Um, and the second one is the Arani Festival in mm-hmm. Arani, and that usually happens uh, towards the end of October. And that festival, Artsakh Festival, is five years. We just celebrated mm-hmm. the fifth year of the festival, and it's showing no stop. It's going. It's going to continue to go, and mm-hmm. it's going to be an annual festival, I think, for a very long time. Uh, is it one day? One, one day, day one day uh-huh. festival. 
And the Arani Festival is also one day, and that happens end of October, and it happens right in Arani. Mm-hmm. I see that festival as growing into, it's been, I think it's been like eight years that the Arani Festival has been happening, but I see it turning a little bit into more of a, uh, of a boutique wines from Arani region, and mm-hmm. it'll be more of the Arani, Arani wine companies that will participate instead of all of Armenia. All over. I yeah. see. But the one in Artsakh is all of Armenia goes and participates there. Oh, that's 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 great. I mean, I can see, I can see the advantages of uh, both. And then there is um, also the Yere Wine Days, where there is um, uh, uh, every winery participates has a booth there. And how does it work? Do you get to buy a pa- pass, one pass, and you get to drink all the wines, or? You go booth by booth and you buy a they've glass been, of wine. Yeah, they've been. Uh, it depends. It, it's been changing every year. Yeah, uh, like, finding the best way. Maybe. Yeah, I yeah. think everyone's still experimenting with how to throw the best festival. We're yeah. still very young at organizing yeah. all of these things, so uh-huh. it's. Uh, uh, but a lot of people participate, and for that one, they closed down Sadian Street. Mm-hmm. It's in the city, so a lot of people can attend. And yeah, it's very accessible. It's priced well, and I think you you pay some fee for the glass, and then it's unlimited as you go. Mm-hmm. That's 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 wonderful. I've seen I've seen some pictures, some live videos, and it's uh, it's 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 wonderful. I mean, um, yeah, it's great. That's all I can say. Um, well, I know um, you know you have a busy schedule. Um, I wanted to ask you for the last question. You know, what is uh, the goal of WineWorks, uh, and what is uh, your personal goal for the next five years for the future wineworks um i think the goal for wineworks is to continue to produce quality wine for its clients and do the best that we can for our clients to produce mm-hmm. and continue to improve our quality every year yeah uh, work with our clients to improve their viticulture and um and constantly grow um my my personal goal I would like to see and work a little bit more with the farmers. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what I've been doing with Zulal. Yeah. Because uh, my my wines are all single single vineyard wine. Mm-hmm. So I've, I I have farmers that I work with that um, they only give me their Vosque hat. Mm-hmm. And then it's only a thousand bottles of Vosque hat because it's from that farmer's vineyard. Yeah. Um, the problem now is that everyone's going to start planting their own vineyards. And we have to make sure that the farmers keep up with the wine industry as well so they can grow their income as well. How um, how can like you help them by encouraging them, by educating? Are they open to listen? I, I, I tried to form a cooperative. I, okay. A grape farmer cooperative. Uh-huh. This is a very popular, popular structure in Europe yeah. where they are guaranteed um, – they're guaranteed pr- – payment on time mm-hmm. in exchange for them providing the best quality grapes. Mm-hmm. Right now it's a problem in the industry. Some companies don't pay the farmers on time. They don't sometimes they don't pay the farmers. Sometimes oh. they threaten so certain things. It's not issue, there's yeah. still some some corruption happening mm-hmm. specifically in the wine industry with some companies and some farmers. Um, and without having a thriving grape farmer mm-hmm. 
we will never grow as a wine industry. We yeah. cannot just monopolize the vineyards and have the wineries own all the vineyards. I mean, we can employ the farmers, sure. Yeah. But I would like to see farmers to be very successful on their own mm-hmm. and driving Audis yeah. and you know being proud to be grape farmers because it's the most important thing in winemaking. I think they rather have a better tractor than an Audi. Right? <laughs> Depends on how Audis. I mean, maybe yeah. we'll have a tractor Audi. Yeah, so. tractor Audi. <laughs> it is. It is a very important issue that um, uh, you touched on, and I. Um, I haven't been to Armenia for quite some time, and uh, uh, hearing that you know the farmers. Uh, uh, are restricted or threatened or they cannot um, produce to their potential, it's sad. And I hope that, uh, you know, with this new government and new developments, things will change and uh, the farmer will be free and inspired to plant a a grape that is going to make a world-class wine because uh, for sure in in Europe or uh, you know, anywhere in the world, you know, the farmers take their pride in making a um, great wine and growing a great product. Let it be grape, let it be tomato, uh, olives, you know, whatever it is. So I, I know that the farmers have that in them. So, well, um, I wish you lots of success. Thank um, you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's uh, absolutely um, exciting and inspiring to see um, young female too, you know, you <laughs> to be, um, so passionate about, uh, what she does, what you do. So, um, wishing you lots of success and we'll see you in May. Thank you. I'll, I'll be here in May. So All right. it'll be, it'll be fun for the, um, Guinea fest, the Armenian wine festival. So bring with you everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Well, that was our interview with uh, Anush and Amy. Another yeah. great interview. I mean, it's very soothing to just kick back and listen to this stuff, man. Well, I, I mean, I personally enjoy the history behind these things because, you know, I'm, I'm not a big right. you know wine drinker, but I love the stories behind this and I right. love the how passion. it all started and yeah. the what the what dad looked at this and yeah, stuff like that. Just I, the, I love the passion that is behind all of this. I love anybody who is that passionate about what they create. And you know what? It is good that we're giving segments like this out because there are so many Armenians into the wine industry mm-hmm. and uh, every other. I mean, this was like the founding fathers, you might say, of wine. That, yeah. That's that's where it all assembled from, Armenia. Well, well, the oldest winery right. ever discovered was discovered in Armenia, right? Right. That, that, that's what it says in the yearbook. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. the yearbook of Armenia. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, when I had the segment before with just, uh, hey, you know what? Tell us what wine you like out there, Anush. It wasn't really fair. We're, we weren't really given a fair look at, okay, she likes this wine. But now we're getting graphic on what what this wine's about, where it stemmed from, how it all started, and all yeah, that. So yeah. she's done a great job. And I really want to try out some of these sparkling wines, because uh, I like sparkling wines, actually. You like that. I know. You yeah. talked about that before. Uh, she's got that uh, 
a Keeney Festival too yeah. in May. That that sounds very damn exciting. If we could get the if you if I could get you out of the studio, I know you do like three, four, five. Oh, uh, you do okay. like okay. seven shows you out. You and here. I can disappear for a few days, and they'll be fine around here. But they're paying for it, obviously. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. We, yeah we, so somehow we're not just going to disappear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'd love to come out there and check that out too. So in any case, my friends, that's our show for this week. Stay tuned for next week's show. Let's all get along. We're all brothers and sisters out there. We're a small country. We're trying to make things happen. Let's all cooperate together. All right? That's the way Charles Osnover would have wanted it. And uh, let's show some love back, back and forth to each other. Thank you, my friends. We'll see you next week. Tune in next week for another episode of A Toast to Armenia with Jono Kabinjian. Find the show online at armeniaproud.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation at facebook.com slash armeniaproud or Twitter at armeniaproud. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.